What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. I went to Clemson but don't really care about college football Kalau, and we are Atlanta Zim. Two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, Graham, Graham. Just like the great Freddie Freeman has returned to Atlanta, so have we. So have we. Returned to the studio. Yes, yes. It's been... Much too long, my friend. Yeah, last episode is what, June 16th? Did but, not do a show last week, but I'm kind of glad we did it because this week we'll more than make up for it. This is probably going to be like a two-hour show or something. There's so much shit to talk about. Not just with the Braves and Freddie Freeman, Adam, but also all these Hawks trade rumors going around. Uh, the NBA draft happened. Um, so it's just a, there's just a ton of Atlanta sports news to talk about. I don't like you putting time pressures on us. Now if we're like, what if we're just done in 35 and it feels right? Then, uh... We will have Never achieved get... greatness, I think. Okay. Yeah. Concise is good, Graham. Concise is good. So with that being said, let's jump into it. Where do you want to start? We've got to start with Freddie Freeman, Adam. The biggest uh, series of the year so far. Freddie Freeman's return to Atlanta happened over uh, last weekend, and it was emotional, to say the least. Yeah, he's the saddest multimillionaire professional baseball player around right now easily um it was weird i didn't get to watch as much of um as much of the series as i would have liked to this is out of town but seeing what i saw it was very clear to me that freddie really regretted how things shook out there was a i can think of like eight times i saw him cry the pre-game press conference conference on friday where he cried for 15 minutes about how much he loves the Braves organization and all this stuff. The ring ceremony for the game, or Snicker gave him his World Series ring. Then when he addressed the crowd after that, then his first at bat (laughs) of that night. Like, he was, like, literally, it wasn't just like he was getting choked up. He was, like, he had to cover his face a couple times, you know, especially in that pregame press conference. Like, he was, it was, like, ugly cry. Like, I've lost a loved one, and I'm just ugly crying. I'm letting it all out. That, that's how it looked. And, you you know, I know there's a lot of users out there who are in the uh, big-time Fuck Freddie Freeman camp, but I was really glad to see the fan base, majority of the fan base, at least in the stands, was not in that camp. They gave Freddie, I think, the respect he deserved for his years of service to the Braves and bringing a championship to Atlanta. Um, rousing ovations every night in his first at-bat. But... uh you could tell, man, Freddie, and especially on the Sunday night game, I did get to watch pretty much all of that one. Like they cut, they just kept cutting to him, and he just looked depressed. Like this guy's on suicide watch, man. It was like I was like, Jesus, Freddie. Well, it's just like such like in his mind and his heart, he always thought that he would be back in Atlanta this year, and it just didn't work out. Just a bunch of weird events, including the player strike and COVID, and his agent like trying to. Blue ball, Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he got screwed over, basically. And now to come back to Atlanta, his home, where he wanted to be, like, playing for the devil Dodgers, you can understand why he's so sad. But it's just so strange because, like, we've got to move on. Like, I think we've moved on. Like, we got Matt Olson. Yeah. The team is still good. Yes. Um, like, we've recovered it. Alex Anthopoulos, like, put us... He was like, if we're not going to get Freddie Freeman, this is the only option. And he went out and got Matt Olson. Right. And um, that's when Freddie Freeman's world just absolutely 
flipped over. But just the fact that it's mid-June and just like imagine being a Dodgers fan and seeing that. You see the picture where like the whole Dodgers team is like standing on the front of the dugout and Sad Freddy's just sitting on the bench by himself behind it. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember which day that was, but all these games were very competitive. They're very close. Unfortunately, the Dodgers did take two or three, but each game could have gone either way. You don't, I don't think you hang your head over the series at all. No. Two of the best teams in the National League. Once again, it's like it's the kind of baseball that we expect from when these two teams get together. Evenly matched, tough games, good pitching for the most part. Um, it was a hell of a series. And But yeah, Freddie is clearly, and Clayton Kershaw came out and said something to Gabe Burns, um, part of the AJC sports writers, and uh, basically said, like, it was really nice to see, you know, Atlanta pay respect to Freddie and everything, but it's kind of. This is kind of getting a little weird. Was was pretty much what he was saying. It's like I hope he realizes that you know we're not second fiddle. Like he's here now. Right. This exactly. Is a, this is a good place to be. And you know, Freddie's had a great season for LA so far. He's putting up pretty much his normal numbers, except the home runs are a little down. But his slugging's pretty much five hundred, well over four hundred on base percentage, hitting over three hundred. He's doing Freddie Freeman things. He's having. You know, it's like I don't think this is affecting him to the point where he can't play. And he had big hits in the series too. But you can tell, like, like. Just deep down, this is just crushing him. Well, and that sucks as a Dodgers, like one of his teammates, and for their fans. But also, like, just imagine the psychological edge that we're going to have if and when we play them in October. Oh, yeah. Like, that's where the Dodgers got to, like, really be thinking about this. Like, I know people are out there just, like, squawking about, oh, we're going to trade for Freddie. I don't actually see that happening. not going to happen. But, man, with that piece of Alex Anthopoulos shit. Well, the only way it can happen on him, it came out today. Well, to touch on your first point, um, yeah, it's, it does have to suck to be a Dodgers fan or a Dodgers player and see this. And if Clayton Kershaw's thinking that, other people are thinking that within the organization too. He's mm-hmm. he's probably speaking for a number of people. So I, I totally agree with you. Like, and I agree also with you that this, this, the psychological psychological edge when it comes to the postseason is certainly you know there for the Braves. One, the Braves beat the Dodgers last year, and two, you know. We don't have to worry about anyone on our team questioning allegiance or being broken up over where they are right now. I mean, Kenley Jansen Saturday night shut the door. He blew the save Sunday. But, you know, it wasn't like he was out there misty-eyed. You know, he, it's the same story for him pretty much, except, like, you know, he chose – but actually it is pretty much the same story. Like, he, he left in free agency. Yeah, but he kind of left more on his own terms. Like, once, True. once the trade was made, like, Freddie didn't get the option to, like – Okay, we'll take your right, previous offer. Right, you right, know, the offer yeah. was off the table. Anthopolis thought the Dodgers actually had a deal. Like when Freddie's agent said, "You have one hour." Yeah, so it's like, okay, well, they have a deal in place for Freddie. Then mm-hmm. we're gonna go get Olson. Yeah, screw it. Um, so all that being said, just the timing of it is just so strange for that emotional weekend. And then it came out today that Freddie has fired his agent. So just like, you know, it just completely shows what well it openly says what we all saw that Freddie wants to be here and like that's just kind of just you know dirt in the eyes to the teammates that saw it as well you know like oh yeah the totally. timing is it's that, awful. that's just terrible it's awful I don't understand he should have done it like the minute he was traded or not traded excuse me the minute the Olsen trade was made is what I meant to say I guess his rationale is well it's obvious to every the whole world now so yeah so fuck it yeah and it probably been a long time coming well it's not like he needs an agent right now either yeah so. but that gives I would say some cr- credence to like Freddie saying he's representing himself right now at least that's the report 
Well, yeah, he, but he doesn't he, need an agent negotiating a contract. With no, him right but now. you need an agent for like any endorsement deals, and well, you don't need one. You can represent yourself, but it's a pain in the ass, especially when you're a professional athlete, for Christ's sake. But it is sort of a thing where maybe he says, "Let's do a deal with the, like get me out of here, get me back to the Atlanta." Like I don't know if that's going to happen, but all these people on Twitter saying that it could, it's like, yeah, it's, it's far fetched. It probably won't happen, but there's more of a chance of it happening now than um, than there was before. But I, I still don't see that being a realistic possibility. No, I mean, the Dodgers are a World Series team, and they're just so much better with Freddie Freeman. You like look at their other options right now. It's Max Muncy, who's like a shell of what he was. At first base, he's hitting like 160 or something like yeah. that. Cody Bellinger, who's the same deal. Like, they need Freddie's bat in the yeah, lineup. No, he makes a huge difference in that order. And it seems like he's made some good relationships with like with the team. Apparently, him and Mookie Betts are super close. Yeah. Like, he's going to get over it. But, like, to not leave, like, he is one of the, like, Mr. Braves. He's, like, one of, like, the top four position players of all time in Braves history. Probably, yeah. And for him to not be able to leave on his own terms, it's it's tough. Oh yeah. So I, I'm happy that the crowd, like you know, Twitter was like, "Oh, we're gonna boo him," like you were saying. But I'm I'm happy that wasn't the reality. We all love Freddie. It it hurts my heart, like just reading this stuff about Freddie and just seeing him. It's like he's such he is such a lovable guy. Yeah, he is. And he cared so much about Atlanta. <clears throat> he's such a nerd. Yeah. Such an athlete. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a got a lot teammate. of lovable traits. Yeah, he's a true teammate. He was always, you know, very loyal to the Braves, and uh, no one ever really said a bad thing about him. And I know for me, you know, Freddie Freeman was uh, someone who got me through a lot of stuff in my life. Um, you know, he was always a guy I looked forward to seeing play and brought me a lot of happiness and um, just the way he carried himself and the way he performed. Um, so I, I feel a deep I – mean, Freddie Freeman – is one of my all-time favorite players in the history of the franchise. I mean, once Chipper retired, it was like, all right, I'm all in on Freddie at this point. Like, I was already all in, but now I was like, without Chipper, I was like, all right, this is the next guy to lead the the organization from a player standpoint. So yeah, I mean, like I said, when he was when the Olsen trade happened, I almost fainted. Like I, I almost, I literally almost fainted. Like I was so devastated. So like, but you know, for me, like, in but for me, I'm I'm. Uh, you know, once once I was watching, uh, caught a little bit of the game on Saturday night and uh, some of the game on Friday night. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was like when Freddie was up, I was like all against him. I wasn't pulling for him to do anything. Oh, yeah. Strider struck out Freddie on Sunday, and I was like, "Suck it, Freddie!" Yeah, felt weird to say, but I was, you know, hell yeah, no. Will yeah. Smith striking him out Saturday night in a big spot with the bases loaded. That that got me fired up. Yeah, like that's the way it should be. Like pregame, let's cheer him. In game, if you want to boo, boo. Yeah, it's fine. He's yeah. he's on the opposing team. Yeah. Um, I I also love very symbolic. That was in the Sunday night game after Jansen blew the save, where Olsen gets the single, and uh, I guess that was the tenth inning. Well, first Freddie got the single. Right, to, right. To well, put them up. Well, that's not the scenario I'm describing right now, Greg. Oh, sorry. This was the symbolic piece. Olsen gets the single. He's on first base. Yeah. Turns to the dugout. Does the chop. And hits Freddie oh, accidentally yeah. in the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just like, you know, Freddie would like to be the one doing the chop. Yeah. But it, it's not the way it is anymore. Nope. But uh, I, Yeah, it was kind of interesting. And I also love that Olsen followed up a, a big hit after Freddie did. He right. Like answered him. Yeah. Shot for shot. So I, I think if anything, it's kind of 
this past weekend is going to help Matt Olson kind of feel more part of the team. Yeah. It seems like a lot of fans are embracing him a little bit more, mm-hmm. even though he's not having near nearly as good a season as Freddie is. He hasn't been bad. He's still not trash or anything. No. The defense hasn't been as good as you would like it to be. The offense hasn't been as good as you like to be either, but he's still, you know, he's got 30 doubles, still got a good on-base percentage. You like to see him hit up some more home runs, but um, it's not like he's worthless. It's not like it's like, oh, my God, it's B.J. Upton all over again or something like that. I mean, leading the league in doubles is pretty good. Yes, that is good. You'll take that. You love the at-bats. Yeah, he gives you competitive at-bats. I think the defense thing is just kind of quirky. I I was glad to – because I was following Twitter while watching the game Sunday night, and once I saw Olsen off the glove of Olsen, I was like, oh, God, don't tell me he gave up an error to lose this series, but it was like a really tough play. That was a really hard play to yeah. make. Yeah. And he almost got it, but Hugo, I think I pointed it out. Why, why, why is he positioned so shallow in that scenario there? I think there was, well, there were two outs. Two outs, runners on second no and reason, third. No reason for it. And he's like halfway in the infield. Ask Walt Weiss. Yeah. That's what your sabermetrics get you. I guess. Play it straight up and... That's an out. Yeah. As Chip Carey would say. But, uh, you know, you also, the shifts, no one talks about the shift when it works, you know, when it works for your team. It's like people are anti-shift when it works. They're like, oh, it's still stupid. I tell you, next year when the shift is banned and you just get all these singles up the middle again. Yeah. We're going to be like, man, should be a guy right there. Yeah, there should be a guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm going to be like. I think it's stupid. I get from like, you know, if you're a narrow-minded baseball purist where you're like, this isn't baseball. You know, the second baseman has to be here. The third baseman can't be on the other side of the field. It's like, well, it's still a field. These guys are in the field. As long as they're in the field, you can put them wherever the hell you want. As long as there's nine guys, like, whatever, man. Like, it's up to you. If you think that gives you a better... You had the right to do that, I think. Or you had the right not to. It's your choice. So, what are your thoughts? Or who should Major League Baseball be catering towards? Like, if this shift has anything to do with, like, what the fans want, like, I feel like... Getting rid of the shift is catering to like kind of the old school yeah, baseball it's guys yeah. who are going to watch baseball no regardless. Yeah, like does the shift like get younger fans involved? Probably not. I don't no. know. But, but, but why get rid of it? Yeah, it is something to talk about where you're like, you know, it's really cool when it works. It's also cool when you beat it. You know, it's like, oh shit, if we hadn't done the shift, but it's like also the shift is how the Braves won the World Series uh, last year. It's, it's yeah. how our defense improved. Changes everything. Yeah, so it's like. Taking that away is going to really – it's going to have a much more profound impact on the game than I think people are thinking. Yeah. Yes, it'll go back to the way we all knew it, but it will also really expose defenses, um, and we will get higher scoring um, higher scoring games, I think, because of it. It's also going to change the way people pitch because a lot of people pitch based off the shift. You know, they're going to throw – you know, if you're if you're if you're if you got a guy pulling and he's a right hander and you got have guys shifted to third base, you're gonna jam him a lot, right? To to carry the shift so he does pull it into the shift. Now it's like that changes the pitching strategy. The game is going to radically change. And I, I don't know if it's gonna radically change for the better next season. I mean, I think the big push is to make games shorter. This will make games longer. Well, I, but I know that like they've done their research on this. They're not dumbasses. Like they they experiment with all these rules like at different levels of minor leagues. So I would think that it would lead to shorter games somehow. I think it's going to generate more offense, which is what everyone always wants, right? More offense, 
Um, maybe it'll balance out these juice balls where home runs are a little down this year. I'm not looking forward to it, honestly. I think I'm used to the way the game's played, and I kind of just wish it would stay like that. It's like it's it's not like the same as like taking away a three pointer in the NBA, but it's not far off. It's it's basically saying you can't play man to man defense or zone defense or whatever. I don't know. I feel like once you implement something like getting rid of it, it's just kind of silly. There'll be a push to bring it back a couple years later, probably because it's like I mean the game. Everybody has embraced it. There isn't one team out there that doesn't do a shift in some respect. More teams shift than others, but. It's not like half the league does it or something. It's like the entire league shifts. It is what you do. It is what you do. Yeah. Um, but with the Braves, I mean, overall successful homestand, 4-3 and three against San Francisco and L.A. back-to-back, took three or four from San Francisco. Those were really fun games. Um, could have easily gone 5-2 and two if you held on uh, Sunday night. But I think this proved a lot of people were saying, oh, the Braves won 14 straight games against loser teams. It's like, yes, it's true. But – it's still really hard to win 14 games in a row in Major League Baseball. But this, to me, proved that that streak was no fluke. It's like you went out there and played seven straight days of competitive baseball against two really good teams, great teams in the, from the NL West. And and you came out holding your head pretty high, I think, overall. Yeah, yeah. there were some missed opportunities. Should have taken this, both series. But, it's not you know, every game is competitive. And, and you, they played really well. So I, I have no issue... I mean, I, I wish we could have won, but it's like I might hold hanging my head over here. Like it, it was, it was good baseball. Yeah, it's obvious that we can play with anyone in the league. And our rookie pitcher Spencer Strider went pitch for pitch with who, Tony Gonsolin, who's like the favorite for Cy Young right now. Yeah, like he was incredible. That was our number Sunday five night. starter against their number one. He was incredible. Get you some, yeah. LA. Yeah. Yeah, Str- you ready for Strider? Like, I, I, they didn't know about our rookies, Strider, right. Harris. Like, that changes everything. Harris was unbelievable Sunday night. The defensive plays he was making, the diving catch, the catch in the gap where he ran like 75 feet or something, or, or something insane to get that ball in the alley. He changes the game, man, and he's still hitting the shit out of the ball, too. He is just a super special player. Yeah, to have him in our nine hole still, just keep him down there. That's fine. It's working. Yeah. No, no need to. Uh, move him around at all like he's been he made those adjustments and he's just been running with it like the only reason I'd move him up at this point is because Acuna's hurt right now fouled a ball off his foot Saturday night uh, he's got a bruise pretty gnarly bruise apparently he's out of the lineup tonight uh, that we're recording Tuesday night June 28th against Philly um, so he's out Ozzy's obviously out that's the only reason I maybe would consider moving Harris up like I don't think Matt Ford needs to be hitting above Mike Ford, baby. Mike Ford, whatever. What do you know about Mike Ford? He's not that great a player. Oh, uh, you don't know anything about Mike Ford. Um, I'd rather give Michael Harris more at bats than Mike Ford, but what but, do I know? Yeah, you don't you don't know Mike Ford. The Twitter people are very excited about Mike Ford. Are they? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a big bopper. Yeah, he's a big dude. I had no idea. I really didn't know anything about him. I mean, I, when I saw today's lineup, my first thought was, why is it Contreras is the DH? But like. You got to get him in at bat at some time, you know. Get forward, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather Contreras face a guy like Wheeler though, since Wheeler's so good. But uh, yeah, overall, I think the Braves are in a good spot. They just need to keep doing what they're doing um, and persevere through the adversity, which you know, the adversity keeps on coming. Acuna's out, um, Ozzy's out. We found out Kelly Jansen's going on the IL due to, due to it in a regular heartbeat. This was first diagnosed in 2011. I kind of remember this. This happened like when he was. 
when the Dodgers were in Colorado and the high altitude kind in of. In 2011. Yeah. And the, the high altitude was messing with them. How the hell do you remember that? Well, that was a period of time where like baseball was like my life. Was this right when you first got MLB Network or something like that? It was when I had MLB TV. I was living in North Carolina, and for some reason the, the Braves were – I didn't have cable. That's what it was. didn't have cable, so I was like, i got to get MLB TV because I'm not getting cable. And so I was just watching game. I mean, I was just going through everything. So I like got – I, I, I would watch like the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles, and a couple other teams. But, yeah, so Jansen – uh, you know, once again, it's the medical show. We always have to remind people about that. You're not a heart guy, though. I'm bro. not a heart guy. Um, but you know, that's way too complex for it's you. It's a little too complex. The, the the wrists and ankles are very, you know, it's just bones. It's fine. You right. Know, you know, we gotta really worry about the heart. A lot of things affect the heart, and uh, the heart's a weird. You know, it's an organ. I don't really deal in organs. I deal in bones. And uh, but basically, that's when I was first diagnosed as a regular heartbeat, and it's come up through the years for Jansen where he usually has to give an IL stint. It seems like every couple of years he goes on IL for an irregular heartbeat. So this is nothing new. So for people who are like, Oh my God, what does this mean? Is he like going to have to be out for the rest of the year? I don't think so. I mean, things change, but his medical history has proven that he gets over this and it comes up and it goes away. So I'm not too worried, but he is out for the next uh, couple of weeks, unfortunately. So t- testing that bullpen depth a little bit. So we're going to see, you know, Minter could be the closer. I think I, you've got to give it to him. He's been unreal. I just know Snit and his love for Will Smith. Will Smith and, has given up way too much contact, man. I don't want him but closing. His ability to – you can't deny his ability to get out of a lot of jams. Yes, but Minter has been our best guy out of the bullpen. He's like a 1-3 ERAs, walked like three people, and struck out like 40. Like, that's got to hey, be your closer. You know what they say, Graham? He's going to the All-Star game. So, sometimes the eighth inning is more important than the ninth inning. You got to get there. You got to get there, but I'd rather Mentor shut the door. He's our best reliever right now, and that's including when Jansen was healthy. Well, either way, uh, Dylan Lee is gonna like he has been a revelation. Like he's been so huge, unbelievable. He's like, able to go like two innings too sometimes when you need him to. Or, it, or he's point. been nasty. Like he's fully embraced being in the bullpen. He's doing what none of these younger guys, your Waskers, your Tukies, have ever been able to do. It's just like I'm going to be a shutdown. Remember Max Freed, his rookie year, he pitched out of the bullpen a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we all saw it, and that's what Dylan Lee's doing. So you could certainly see him slide into the rotation next year. Sure. But he's proven himself in the bullpen right now, and it's huge. We got we got Matzik making his first appearance in Augusta tonight. Single A, uh, I don't know what that team's called. Are they like no the idea. Nats or something? Um, there was a Savannah Sand Nats. I don't know what the Augusta team's called. Okay. Uh, Greenbirds, something like that. Greenbirds. Green, green jackets, green jackets. Augusta green jackets. That, that would make sense. That could be. That it. probably makes too much sense oh, to be reality. Yeah, is yeah. that it? No, I don't know. No. Um, anywho, well, this so, year, oh yeah, yeah, it seemed like a big revelation. I, I I said green jackets without even thinking about the Masters. Oh wow. Yeah. You're like one step ahead of yourself almost, or behind. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes people are uh, so far behind the race they think they're winning. Well, you know, different parts of the brain. You know, maybe the. Something came from the left side. Sure. Got stuck in the middle before it was processed on the right side. Right. That happens. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, we got Matzik starting to come back, which is good. Rosario has been playing for a couple days, and I can't remember if he's, I think in, he's in double A or triple A. He might be in good. I think he's in good now. Yeah. Um, what do you do with Rosario when he comes back, though, when he's healthy and ready to go? I think you're going to do, you're not going to touch Harris, obviously. You're not going to touch Acuna if he's healthy. 
I think you see some more platoons with Duvall. I mean, Duvall like still hasn't like he's had some nice games. He's still not think, hitting very well overall. Overall, correct. And I I agree with that. So I, I think Rosario could take some abs away from him. And uh, we're gonna have to figure out Marcelo Zuna. I don't know, man. It's so weird now. He's I mean, up and down. Yeah, he's up and down. He gets his. We were talking about this. Uh, was it? I talked to you on the phone was it Sunday morning. We talked about this. Uh, it's like Ozuna, he hit that big home run Saturday night um, to win the game. But it's like every ball that he hits is a fly ball, and you just have no idea if it's going to be a home run or a fly out to like shallow left field or center field. Or yeah, something. like off the bat, they all look like bombs, but sometimes they'll just be like 50 yards short of the warning track. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's really weird. And he, you know, still doesn't want, he's, he's pretty much a guy that's good for getting a home run every once in a while. He doesn't do much else. But I think he's still getting his timing back, is what I he has said. Yes, like it's fucking almost July I'm, at this he, point. He missed an entire year, you know. I, I understand, but you know, you've gotten two hundred fifty plus at bats. It's not like he was out of baseball for three seasons or something. Like, like we need to start seeing something more from him than just a home run every once in a while. Sure, but I mean, he's not a guy. Like, we're not going to be able to offload his contract. Like. And he still has the potential to return to what he was in 2020. So I guess you're not trading him. No one's going to take him. No, you're not trading him. I just don't know. Like, I still wish. I still would like just Contreras to get more at bats. Sure. I mean that that's that's the other kicker. Yeah, our, our third rookie really that's just been killing it yeah, this year. Like he's too good to just be playing or to be hitting three times a week. Like he should be in the lineup every day. It's a good situation for him though overall. Like compared to. Like, he was supposed to just be in AAA all year, you know? Yeah, no, he's done great. I just think, I mean, he almost won that game Sunday night, too. He hit that bomb to center field. It was just, it was on the warring track. It was just, like, a couple of feet short of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he continues just to hit the bejesus out of the ball. So, and I know, like, Ozuna's not, like, totally worthless or anything, but it's just, like, you put them up next to each other. It's like, I would, you know, I just don't see how you don't give Contreras a start every day either at catcher or DH. Yeah, Ozuna's complete, like, his defensive ineptitude in left field is a real killer. It's horrible. And, you know, now with Acuna out, Ozuna's pretty much playing in the outfield every day, which sucks. Yep. I know, like, Heredia's not, like, the answer for a short stint either, but his Ozuna's defense is so bad that it's just, like, it's extremely detrimental to what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers the Braves, Adam. Not much else to talk about, I don't think. Yeah, I mean... Dansby continues, but we kind of discussed that at depth a couple weeks ago, which is just a great sign that he's still raking. And he had like four home runs last week. And they're all to center field. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, and, and he has the same agent as Freddie Freeman. That's something we should talk and, about. And once again, we did not, you know, re-sign Dansby when his trade value, well, not his trade value, but his signability was so much easier than it's going to be now. Well, the thing so. is, though, with Freddie, he was consistently like the best first baseman in baseball for the last like five years. Um, Dansby has never been anywhere remotely close to Freddie in terms of the overall value he provided. So it's like, it's, it, it's a similar situation now, but this is the best season by far Dansby's ever had. Like yeah, Freddie was consistently a 300, 400, 500 guy every season. There's so many scenarios of like, you think of uh, Josh Donaldson, Justin Turner, guys like that. Like people are allowed to get better as they, like, hit their late 20s, early 30s, and then be studs. Right. And Dansby's always had the intangibles. Like, he's always, like, 
always been the guy you want up in the clutch. Solid uh, defender. Yeah. Great, great guy in the locker room. And now he's just like hitting these bombs to center field every other game. Stealing bases. Like we talked about, he said a career high in stolen bases. He's just providing value all over the field. Legit, Defense, legit offense. All-star. No, he should be on the all-star team. Not that that matters, but he should be. He deserves it. Um, Would you say he's the MVP of our team this 150%. year? 150%. Yeah? Yeah. The value provides defensively is still outstanding, and now offensively he's an absolute stud. Like, somebody on the uh, on our Atlanta Zone uh, sports thread, I can't remember who it was, it was like, Dansby's kind of fallen off recently because I think he struck out to uh, end the game on Sunday night. Oh, I think that was a joke, but just in case it wasn't, I want to just recap Dansby's uh, week last week. He went 12 for 31, so it's a 387 average. Seven runs, four homers, six RBI, with a 1.213 on-base plus slugging percentage. If that's falling off, I want to know what falling on is. Like, he continues to just be a consistent monster. Yeah, and, like, he's bringing that culture of playing every day that Freddie Freeman had. And, yeah. like, I think he's his leadership value is, I think, pretty big for this team. Yeah, I kind of want AA to just get a, a deal done with him at this point. Yeah, like, you know he's got the money allocated somewhere. Oh, you have to have the money. Like, that's the thing. It's like the Braves are, like, also, attendance-wise, are selling out. It's ridiculous. Tons of games. It is ridiculous. You turn a game on Tuesday night, it's, like, pretty much all the way full. I mean, we you know... Monday uh, Monday's game against the Giants last week yeah. was like thirty five thousand. Right. You know that what that would have been at Turner Field? Twelve. Twelve to fifteen. Yeah. It's like I hate it, but it's it's just the truth. It's the reality. It was a great business decision for the Braves. Well winning to a do world this. winning a World Series also helps. That helps, but it's still like I mean I guess the biggest reason. For it to continue into June, like it was like 97 degrees every day last week, yeah, too. And the yeah. crowds were still there. Yeah. Like, well, and people, we're, we're kind of over the honeymoon phase of the World Series. Like, this is, you know, as long as we keep winning, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it's a fun team again, and there's a lot of shit to do with the battery. And Yeah. I mean, it's, people it, are showing up. It was interesting, too. Like, I mean, last year, right? I mean, the Braves had a great attendance, too, because I think part of that was like COVID. You know, it subsided somewhat, and so people needed to, you know, wanted to go do something, right? So it's like the attendance really spiked, and mm-hmm. then the continued success of the team combined with the World Series, uh, I think, really, you know, catapulted the Braves into, you know, becoming one of the best attended teams in baseball again, which is great to see. Um, and yeah, every time I, I mean, I've gone to games, I think I've gone to four games so far this year, and crowds are into it, man. Like, like there's a lot of people there, but everybody's really into the game. Lots of cheering, lots of like, it's not like going to Turner Field on a Tuesday night in 2007 or something where it's just like, you just feel dead inside. <laughs> you know, where you feel like you're watching like a preseason football game. 2007, you know, like, what's that, like the, the Chase Darno era? Uh, probably. Yeah. Mark Teixeira before he got traded. Uh, Chase Darno, that was more like 2015, I guess. Probably. Yeah. Even then, like I mean, it's kind of unfair to compare those two years, but it's like you know, even when the Braves were good uh, at Turner Field, like in the 2012, 2013 season, like unless it was like a weekend, it was kind of like a very casual crowd. Unless there were fireworks. Unless there were fireworks or some promotional giveaway or something, yeah. or Chipper Jones did something super emotional um, or, or whatever, right? But now it's like every time you go to a game, 
it's an intense atmosphere, man. I feel like I feel like we're in this phase right now where kind of where the Phillies were when they won the World Series. And it was like from 2008 to like 2012, it was like they were selling out almost every game, if not every game. Everybody was super into it. It was an intimidating place to play. Like that's how Truist Park is right now. Speaking of the Phillies, how crazy is it that they haven't even made the like a wild card in ten plus years? Yeah, 2011 was the last time they um, they did that. Oh man, this is my first time seeing Ford in action. He is a beefy boy. Yeah, look at this dude, man. Oh, I'm on board with this guy, Mike Ford. He is thick. Yeah, like all those people that do like the thick with T H I C C. That's Mike Ford, man. You know where he would fit in very well. Um professional eating contest no 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 uh the brewers that looks like a milwaukee that looks like a rowdy telez uh <laughs> oh what a hit oh uh, we got robbed by uh damn i don't know who that is gregorious, gregorious. Yeah, yeah that's too bad that was a nice hit um, uh, i'm on board with this guy that's my yeah. next p-door yeah he's 34 yeah like <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, an intang- huge, he's an intangible he is like rowdy telez or who's that other guy uh la tortuga on uh miami Oh. Williams Castillo, Castillo or whatever Castillo, you know about that guy. Mm, I, he, he weighs like two, a bell. he weighs like two hundred eighty pounds. <laughs> he's played every position except pitcher. Wow, and shortstop. I think I think he's played every other position. Man, he's a pretty solid player. Like next time we play the Marlins, you'll you'll, you'll know it when you see him. Okay, yeah, keep check, keep an eye out for I'll him. I'll check him out. He's even bigger than Mike Ford. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a big boy. I think that'll wrap. I up think the that wraps it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at least we've covered Mike Ford. Yeah, that, that was the important thing. Yep. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break and listen to a word from our friends from DraftKings, and then we'll talk some Hawks. Adam, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Well, Adam, one person i got to take this week in DraftKings is uh, Dansby Swanson going up against the Phillies. We talked about how hot Dansby is. Uh, I see no reason why that won't continue against the lesser lesser pitching staffs. The uh, Giants and Dodgers have much better pitching staffs than the Phillies. So if you're doing uh, not just DraftKings Sportsbook, but DraftKings, fire up Dansby Swanson. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your ca- cash whenever you want. Download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we're back. Adam is on his phone like so many uh, millennials, Gen Zers, and hell, every generation that's still alive today is on their phone. Am I right? It's how uh, the world communicates with each other, Graham, for business and pleasure. Well said, my friend. <laughs> uh, let's talk some some NBA draft Hawks recap, and then some other crazy rumors going on going around on Twitter, Adam, about what the Hawks are planning on doing as free agency gets closer and trades can potentially happen. Okay, tell me about the NBA draft, Adam. I missed it. Well, there are yeah all sorts of crazy rumors flying around, which you know, as you know about me, I've 
learn to completely tune those out because 98 to 99 percent of the time they're complete bullshit sure so there was no way the hawks were sticking at 16 overall according to the rumors sure no you know, trade up to john sacramento yeah there were, there's talk of like trading up to seven trading up to four john collins is gone Clint Capella's gone. Okongu's gone. Okongu's gone. Um, Trey Young's gone. DeAndre no, Hunter was thrown in there. Trey Young was the only one that wasn't going to be gone. And then, uh, sure enough, I tune in, start getting excited around number four. I was like, ooh, is Schlink going to make a move? No moves made. Seven. No moves made. And, uh, yeah, nothing happened. So we stuck at 16. Well, the only thing that did happen, which is – I think this is bullshit because we had 44 overall. Yeah. And we traded back to 51. And all we received in this trade was $2 million. Yeah. Which does not go towards the cap. That's just money in Tony Wrestler's pocket. It's the first time I've been upset at Tony Wrestler as a fan. And apparently I was listening to um, Locked On Hawks today. Mr. Brad Rowland was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I guess like there's a ton more value for picks like like it kind of cuts off at like 48 and it's like after 48 that's where value like really drops. So you know, it's a second round pick. Odds are it's not going to develop into anything, but there were a few decent prospects in those seven picks that we could have taken. You never and, know. And it's just, there's no basketball reason to get that 2 million dollars. It's yeah. just purely in the owner's pockets. And this is a guy who's always said, I don't mind going up to the luxury tax if that means we can compete. And yet he wants $2 million. Um, it's pathetic to me. It's, it's, it's cowardice, and it doesn't support the team. You don't it's, – it's using the team for your own personal bullshit. Yeah. Like, you really need that $2 million? Sell your freaking boat or something, man. Like, I, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a really sad move for a guy that up until now – um, you know, we'll forget about this in like three weeks. But for a guy up until now who, uh, you know, it seems to seems to have been fully committed to winning and putting all resources into winning, to, to, to trade a pick to line his pockets is disgusting to me. Absolutely disgusting. But anyways, and more, more positive news, at number 16, we did get a pretty good prospect, uh, a guy named A.J. Griffin out of Duke University. Yep. This is now three out of four years we've drafted – Someone out of Duke, yeah, with uh, Jalen Johnson and Cam Reddish. Of He's course. a solid. He was a solid player. I mean, he only played one year, but I mean, I watched like five or six Duke games last year, and he was he was decent. He wasn't anything like revelatory. Um, not as highly touted as some of his other uh, compatriots that went earlier in the draft, but um, he, he could turn into something. But he needs a lot of seasoning, I think. Yeah, he's a uh, six six small forward, very young, Graham. Only 18 years old. He's the youngest player in the NBA right now. Yeah. Turns 19 um, in August, which means he was born in 2003. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Like, uh, Michael Harris was born in 2001. You know, it's like everybody, <laughs> as we get older, everyone else gets younger. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah. But, yeah, he uh, played sparingly at Duke just because they have so many good players. Yeah, I think his usage rate was like 18% or something like that, and he was used kind of as a – uh, hired, hired gun, three point shooter. Yeah, and he was, shot like ridiculous, like forty six percent, forty seven percent, something like 44% that. Forty four percent from uh, three, actually a little over forty four percent, forty four point seven. 
Um, 10 points a game in 24 minutes. That's what he averaged, you know, pretty solid. It's just like, he's just so young and needs more time. Like he could have used another year or two at college. His tool is probably to become a great player, but we just don't, we just don't know yet. He's not contributing this year and probably not next year. No. And and as we know, especially if Nate McMillan's the coach, he ain't going to get much run. So he'll probably be, I hope he gets his time in college park. He's an asset. If it, you know, at the very least, he's an asset. Like we're not going to, he's not going to play much this year. No. But but Landry Fields did like keep saying that who is the new GM? Who is the new GM for the Hawks? So basically, with that whole deal, like Schlenk obviously has final say, but now Schlenk just doesn't have to do like the boring press conferences, right? Schlenk's the just dirty work. the man behind the curtain, yeah, pulling all the strings, right? And uh, you know, I'm sure Landry Fields has plenty of insight and all that, but uh, it's all it's all it's all Schlenk doing this. But uh, Fields was saying how Griffin's uh, ball handling has it's like very underrated. So like he's not just a spot up three pointer. Like he can get to the rack. He's got a good floater. He's he's a decent prospect. Like some have had him pegged as a top ten prospect. So it's a couple years in a row where someone's kind of just like dropped into our lap to the point where the Hawks didn't even like work him out because he wasn't expected to be on the board. Right. So that's. That's that's a good sign. Yeah, he's uh, apparently a terrible defender. Um, from all the the reports I've read about him, didn't really notice him as much uh, being a defender when I did watch him play. As you said, he was just mostly shooting three pointers. Um, but apparently, he's just like a turned out defensively. So fits right in with the with the Hawks mindset. And and uh, something that was really funny in one of these articles, um, someone asked him. How do you feel uh, about having to like you know get you know make sure you're getting really good at defense to like you know sustain an NBA career? And he's like, I'm just glad to be going to an organization that puts pride in defense. He said something like that. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. There's no pride in defense here. Well, that is the crazy thing. It's like, if anything, I thought that we'd be drafting like an older guy who can step in and play some decent defense, and like went the complete opposite route. So yeah, that's why I wonder. Like, I I don't know what the plan is. Still, I think we're gonna find a lot out in the next few days free agency officially begins july 1st but i don't know if this is a guy that's even gonna be on our team he could be a trade asset Who he knows? could be and i think that's probably that could be uh his, his like that, would, that might likely be his fate right I, I wouldn't say likely or probably but it's a possibility i think it will just because like as we mentioned like that's how the hawks roster is constructed has been like a lot of shooters three-point shooters and it's like what's another one even though i know he's not gonna contribute this this year um I don't know. I but like with all the rumors swirling about John Collins, about Dejounte Murray, um, I see this as potentially just another guy to be used in a, in a trade at this point. Like, what is this really giving you right now? Yeah, for a team that supposedly wants to win now, this draft pick does nothing. Right. For the next two years, so are you just going to let him sit there, or are you going to try and package him up to get a premier player? I don't know. I guess I could see I, if. It's almost like you kind of need to rethink about what you think of NBA rookies. It's like because Jalen Johnson, maybe we could have utilized him some last year, but like he got all the experience in the G League, and now he'll actually be ready to contribute this year. So maybe it's like you just like keep drafting these guys and developing them and just bring them up a year later. So it's not like it's not like it used to be where rookies kind of, well, especially with us being a winning team now, like we, we can't afford to have rookies learn on the job. No. So now it's like, uh, unless you're like a once, you know, like you're LeBron 
or Lamar Odom or something, you know, those guys, or Kobe when they yeah. you know, were drafted Generally, out of high school. Or, most rookies suck, though. Yes, exactly. So, you know, now Jalen Johnson might be ready to contribute this year, and depending on what happens with John Collins, it's likely that we'll need him to uh, contribute. So maybe it's just like a, a feeder system, Graham. Yeah, maybe. And so, like, let's get in these rumors real quick. I know you don't like talking about them, but they're just flying everywhere. So it was like... The rumors a few days ago seemed to be that we were going to trade John Collins and some other people in the like draft picks for DeJounte Murray from San Antonio, who's a very solid player, averages like over 20 points a game, eight boards, plays good defense, can shoot, um, pretty much a guy that could serve as a two for Trey Young, a guy that has evolved in his career um, from going to you know somebody who was like averaging three points a game. In year one to now year five, he's you know an all star and a really good player all around. Um, so that was floating around. Then Zach Klein reported, I think it was either yesterday or Sunday, I can't remember, um, from WSB Sports in Atlanta here uh, said that no, now that now that now the deal supposedly is Gallinari three first round picks for Murray, and that Collins would not be included in the trade package. And then to make things even crazier, someone also said be, and that this is and that Kyrie Irving is apparently opting out in Brooklyn. So now there's pressure on the Nets to potentially try to move KD, and they're saying, "Oh, what if you trade, you know, John Collins, Herder, a Kongwu, and like a pick for KD or something?" And I'm like, "This is insane. This Wait. is getting kind of out of hand." No, I thought as of today though, Kyrie was back in. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think that's that one's out. Okay, yeah, that we're, one's... Not, we're not getting KD. Yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. was crazy. I was N- like, that's never going to happen. Nonsense. Yeah. Even when people were saying that could be a thing, I was like, that's ridiculous. The Dejounte. I mean, I, obviously, I would love that trade, especially since we don't really play our first rounders anymore. Um, it'd be a no brainer for us. I don't fully understand. Don't you think that the Spurs could find another team that's likely to like be worse than us, willing to trade three first round picks? Yes. You would think, right? Yes. But maybe not. I don't know. Like, if, if this were football, 100%, that'd be the worst trade ever. Don't trade three first-round picks. But no. basketball, I'm all for it, Graham. Yeah, I think especially with a team that needs that number two option. And we need to keep Trey Young happy. Yeah. like And prove that, hey, this is, this is legit. Right. We're and, going for it. Yeah, and the idea is also if you can bring in Murray, right, you got Murray and Young in the backcourt. Uh, I think you're holding on to John Collins. You're holding on to John Collins, and hope you can also get like a really premier wing to come in here too, because that's just more star power, right? If you got Murray here, then that could attract someone else, to, you know, who's a free agent to be like, oh, maybe I'll come to Atlanta now that they got you know Young and Murray. Yeah. So that's it's not a done deal. Or at least your three and D guy or your three and D guy, yeah. But um, it's not a done deal. It's still a rumor. I do take a little more stock when it's Zach Klein. Yeah. Like, Zach Klein's, like, our local guy that he doesn't just throw things out there willy-nilly. Right. Like, um, like a lot of these national guys do. Yeah, but still, we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, so, we'll just really have to nothing to report. Though. Really nothing to report, but that's just the rumor swirling right now. I think it would be a... Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm for the move, and I am also for keeping John Collins. I really wish we could figure out how to better utilize him. I think his his potential is not being tapped. Mm-hmm. Um, with his usage right now, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, I imagine in the ne- you know next week we'll have hopefully a more 
uh, concrete report to deliver on the state of the Hawks. But a lot of lot of irons in the fire right now for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, w- I really wouldn't want to make that deal with Collins. Collins for Murray. I mean, you could. Then it's like you got to, that's just another hole you got to plug up. You know, it's like, yes, you get better, maybe you know, offensively, and maybe a little better defensively, but you also lose Collins defensively. So what does that do to you? You know, I don't know. It's all hearsay and conjecture until something actually happens. Exactly. Can't, can't get too worked up about it. Yep. Odds are you'll be disappointed. Yeah, and odds are it won't happen. I mean, we've had so many so many times we've gotten these rumors about all this stuff, and then nothing comes from it. So, which thank God that didn't work out with Deshaun Watson. Sweet Jesus, man! Yeah, what a bullet dodge that is. That would have set this franchise back ten more years. Yeah, no, it, it was such a bad idea. It was such a bad idea to do. Once think, again, Arthur Blank. Is he officially suspended for the year, or that's just what they're pushing for? I think that's what they're pushing for. Yeah. So, yeah. Really glad that didn't happen for a number of reasons. But, yeah, just... <laughs> what a mess that was. What a been. mess. What yeah. a mess. Would have been really awkward. Yes. Um, all right. Well, Adam, I think that's today's show, unless you have anything else you want to add. We touched on all three teams. We did. I was about to say, we didn't talk about the Falcons, but we just did like a few seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. That wraps us up, folks. We hope you're doing well out there. Having a good summer. Uh, we will see you next week, probably, I would imagine. Um, even though it's a holiday week. But anyway, until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.